Welcome to another edition of the Sports by Fry podcast, the first of 2019. I'm back in business after what has been an insanely busy month. Uh, I know that Christmas and New Year is always a busy time of year for everyone, but I've actually made the move back from Toronto to Western Australia. So as uh, I'm sure you can imagine, moving countries whilst trying to juggle Christmas and New Year and etc. has made me pretty uh, flat track. But I'm going to be back into regular podcasts now. I'm going to try and at least do one a week. And I'm also going to try uh, in 2019 of making uh, audio copies of some of the articles I write, especially some of the bigger ones. But I'm going to talk a little bit about that in the coming months. But yes, I'm back in Australia now, so I can uh, zero in on a bit of footy talk. Every AFL team's probably resumed pre-season action by now. I've seen things on Collingwood and Frio's Instagram, and I'm sure the other 16 clubs have followed suit, so there'll be some relevant stuff to talk about in the coming weeks and months for sure. We're still two months out, a bit more than that actually, from the start of the 2019 AFL season, but there's always going to be some stuff to talk about, especially in the AFL fantasy world. I'm uh, back writing for the Dream Team Talk Boys as well. Um, which I'll touch on what I'm writing about in the preseason. I'm going to do a big NBA trade talk today as well, because as it stands right now, we're about a week away from when uh, free agents who are signed in the off-season can be dealt. Some of them there's further complications with, but in the coming weeks and month uh, before the NBA trade deadline on February the 7th from memory, there'll be plenty of NBA trade rumours swirling around, so I'm going to... Uh, dive into a bit of trade talk. I did a big NBA trade extravaganza where I did one deal that could help each team out. I posted that on Sports by Fry. So I'm going to talk about some of the names you can expect to be heard in the rumor mill, some dudes who might get moved. I think we're in for a pretty boring uh, trade season before the deadline. The buyout market will be the one that kind of shapes a few of the contenders. But without further ado, let me dive in. To start today's pod, I want to briefly talk about AFL fantasy. Now, while I didn't have uh, my best season last year, I'm determined to make 2019 my best season to date. I'm blaming being on the other side of the world for my uh, lack of rise in the ranks. I think I actually went down. (laughs) Funnily enough, I think I've gone down in every season I've put more effort in. So hopefully I can reverse that trend ASAP. Uh, I've wrote... Like I said, for the Dream Team Talk boys, you can check that out at dreamteamtalk.com, my first piece of the year. I started talking about Justin Westoff in their deck of DT 2019, where we basically preview 52 players ahead of the season. Um, I talked about Justin Westoff in my first article because, as most of you know from last year, he was a big, big help for a lot of people who stashed him in their forward line. He was a forward midfield last year, which gave him awesome flexibility, but he's now got ruck flexibility as well. And although some people are scared off by Paddy Ryder and Scott Lysett's present, 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 presence, (laughs) I don't think he'll be playing a lot as a full-time ruck, but I still think he's a relevant fantasy player. He did average over 100 last year, and he's probably set to go down a little bit, so... I know that some people are going to be looking to chase value in their second ruck spot and probably stick with a gun like Brody Grundy or someone of that sort in R1, but I'm very, very tempted to start with Westoff as my R2. 
Um, I did highlight in my article, he doesn't have a great start, and his stats, again, might go down a little bit because of that rider Lysette combo. However, I do think that his marks and his goals are due to increase, because those were two of his main stats that kind of took a bit of a dive yesterday. Uh, yesterday. Jesus, I'm trying to do two things at once here, if you couldn't tell. Uh, last year, so I think that Westhoff will probably still average in the high 90s, or maybe in the mid-90s. He, like again, I said, is probably going to go down a bit in value, so he might be worth, you know, if you can secretly stash him in draft, not draft him too high. He might even be worth chasing um, later in the season, maybe like after the first seven or eight weeks. If you pick someone who's initially gone up in price, then you can cash him in. I've got another piece on the weekend coming out for those boys, and I think uh, in the lead up to the season, over the rest of January and February, I have another six or seven in total, so make sure you check them out. Again, that's at dreamteamtalk.com. I'm previewing a Frio bloke this weekend, a defender who could be very tempting to stash and will probably start in my team, as well as a few others in the country, no doubt. Big thing I want to discuss today, though, is the NBA trade market. We are pretty much bang on at the halfway mark of an interesting NBA season, with most of the teams play their 41st game, or around that mark, which means that they are halfway through the 2018-19 campaign. It was very tricky. Like I said, I went through and created a deal for every single team. I will admit, some of them were a little bit lackluster, but there were some teams that didn't need a lot of tweaking or didn't need to do a lot. And every one of the 30 teams is trying to cover something differently, obviously. There's teams that want picks. There's teams that are trying to get rid of contracts. There's teams that are trying to capitalize on their championship window. Yada, yada, yada. So if you want to read that entire piece, you can go to sportsbyfry.com and check out to see uh, what deal I proposed for your team. Um, There's about half a dozen guys, though, who are probably the biggest names likely to be moved this trade period. Unfortunately for teams maybe like the Pelicans who want to try and move the needle a lot, there aren't too many guys that are going to you know, completely change the fortunes of the league. I don't think we're in for a big blockbuster. John Wall, Kevin Love, Bradley Beal, those are the guys who are the biggest names being floated around. Even though there's apparently reported turmoil in Philly, I don't think the Sixers are going to get rid of Butler. They sent a lot of uh, assets away to secure him, so they'll at least ride out this season. They'd be stupid not to, but... Um, Harping back to Kevin Love just for a moment, I think he might be the biggest name who we see moved in this trade period. After Love signed that big extension in the summer after LeBron left, though, I don't think there's too many teams who'll be keen to try and snag him for another, I think it was four or five-year extension. He's in his 30s now. I think he's 32 currently, so there's not exactly... Apologies, he's 30 now, but I think he'll be about 34 or 5 by the time his deal expires. So there's probably not a ton of teams out there that want to commit to him at a big cost for that period of time. Well, small sample size, but in the four or five games he did play for the Cavs before he uh, got hurt, which I think was a uh, wink-wink, nudge-nudge, Kevin Love, you need surgery so he can tank a little bit better uh, injury. But he's uh, expected back soon. I think that there's a few teams that could use him, but like I said, it's a lot to commit to for a guy who's, let's be honest, had injury issues in the past. He's hasn't played a full season as a Cav. He's played a couple of games, a couple of seasons of games in the 70s, but yeah, I I would be a little bit wary if I was a contender or someone trying to uh, win the chip. I'd be wary of trading for Kevin Love. 
We did see what he was like in Minnesota when he had a team to himself. And even though he's probably a little bit uh, excluded from those years where he was putting up 26 and 15 and stupid numbers like that, he still does offer value. He's a great scorer. If someone's chasing a dude who can put up just a shy 20 points a game and contribute a dozen boards, something like that, he can definitely have those moments and be a difference maker in the playoffs. Um, in my trade article, I had a few teams uh, acquiring him, actually. The Brooklyn Nets were one, especially if they can get off Alan Crabb's player option for nearly 19 mil uh, next season. They might be tempted to try and land Kevin Love. They've got a lot of expirings as well in the shape of Kenneth Fareed, Dudley, and they could probably get away with not giving up their first rounder. I think from the top of my head, they own uh, the Denver Nuggets pick either this year or next, so... Trading Kevin Love and maybe something else to Brooklyn, the Cleveland could get their draft pick they want and a few expirings, which gives them flexibility for their future. Um, the team I'd really like to see him on, let's be honest, would be Charlotte, especially if they re-sign Kemba. Having Kemba and Kevin would give them, at least give Charlotte fans something to cheer about other than Kemba Walker, but it would give them two, you know, pretty much all-star talents. Like I said, even though Kevin Love is on the edge of his uh, peak and probably going to go downhill, he still has upside. And let's be honest, Charlotte hasn't had a lot of help for Kemba, so landing someone like that would be nice uh, for the Hornets. I'd love to see him go back to Portland and them to keep Dame and CJ and see what those three could do, though. Portland's always that team that seems to flirt with being a top-four team in the West, settles to be like the sixth seed, and then will never get out of the second round. So while you've got Dame and CJ in their pretty much primes, I have no problems with them flipping whatever they have to, even if it is picks to try and get Kevin Love. They don't have to get stupid and give away two firsts or something like that, but they could probably convince Cleveland that they'd take him off his hands and give him, like, Myers Leonard or some other dudes like that. If Kevin Love isn't going to get moved, then I don't think we'll see any all-star types get dealt. The Washington Wizards are probably the other team who would like to completely reshuffle their roster, but again... John Wall's mega contract, much like Love's, is probably going to scare off a few people. Bradley Beal is probably the key to their future, let's be honest. But Otto Porter might have some upside being dealt. I heard a few rumours of Dallas, um, the likes of Houston, which I don't know how they'd make that work. But there's a few teams out there that could be interested in Porter. He's a versatile forward, you know, can score, can defend reasonably well. Um, Actually, he'd be pretty scary and good in Houston if they could figure out some way, maybe get rid of Eric Gordon and deal. I don't know who else. I'd have to look at the contracts deeper. But like I said, I don't think Washington's in for a huge change. I would love to see... This is the deal I proposed for the uh, Phoenix Suns. Oh, no, sorry. Originally, I did propose this deal for the Phoenix Suns, but considering their timeline, it doesn't, again, make a lot of sense to try and secure an all-star and commit all that salary. However, imagine if... Because John Wall's out for the year, they know he's injured. You can trade injured players as long as there's no grey area between what the injury is. Imagine if you just plonked, Cam, what's it, not Kevin Love, uh, John Wall in Phoenix, gave up a few pieces you needed to, potentially gave up a pick after this year. They could still have a top five pick in this year's draft. They could have John Wall. They could commit to Devin Booker. They've got DeAndre Ayton. They've got TJ Warren. They've got Josh Jackson. There's plenty of things to like about this Phoenix Suns team, even if they still are anchored at the bottom of their league. Now, a lot of people are a bit scared that Wall is not as cancerous as Boogie Cousins for uh, team chemistry purposes, but some people are worried that Wall is a bit, yeah, a bit of a, how do I word it? Not a great fit, I guess you could say. 
for those type of teams. However, I beg to differ. I think he can still offer a lot. Granted, he has been vocal in uh, calling out other dudes on his team before. Although he's been at Washington his whole career. He hasn't had a lot to cheer about. They've made a few playoff runs, but nothing great. So, you know, he's a five-time, off the top of my head, All-Stars, a 20-point scorer. Never led the league in assists, but he's always good for a dozen or ten of them. So if you could put him next to Devin Booker, that'd be a pretty exciting backcourt. And I think Phoenix, if they wanted to really accelerate their timeline could pull the trigger on that deal. And like I said, with him being out this season, it wouldn't affect their draft capital, at least for this year, at all. The big question mark hovering over this entire trade period, though, revolves solely around the New Orleans Pelicans. At the current time of recording this podcast, I think Anthony Davis has one foot out the door, let's be honest. There's no way that he would recommit to a team that hasn't shown a lot of signs of growth in the last few years. In fact, they've actually gone backwards this season. I'm not as disappointed in their supporting cast as some others are. They think that, you know, the Pels need to swing for the fences and get AD lots of help, but I think they need to kind of suck it up a little bit. They're 19 and 22 at the moment, and they're hovering in the bottom eight of the West, but they're only a few games removed from the eighth seed, and the Lakers who are in that eight seed without LeBron aren't looking great. So there's definitely a playoff spot up for grabs if they can find their mojo. Getting Nikola Mirotic back from injury soon will help. Drew Holiday is a borderline all-star. I love Drew Holiday. Great defender. Julius Randle is, in my eyes, one of the most underrated players in the league. Eton Moore's a good shooter. So they've got some pieces. They need to kind of stop bitching a little bit, the Pels, and make some moves. But Moves up the standings, I mean. But talking back to moves, they might want to flip... I'd be scared to flip this year's first rounder. And actually, I'd be scared to flip any first rounders if I'm the Pelicans, considering AD might just walk uh, 24, 24, 18 months from now, ballpark, when he becomes a free agent. But I don't think that they should do anything crazy, especially picks-wise, like I just said. I think they could probably pry a few pieces away from Cleveland, maybe get like a Jordan Clarkson, Rodney Hood, Alec Burks, like another nice ish piece. Maybe not a starter, but someone to come off their bench and help, especially if they could get rid of like Solomon Hill's contract and a second rounder for it. But yeah, I think I think the Pelicans are going to start to panic. There's a lot of buzz around AD's future. Um, just last month, there was all this talk about him going to the Warriors and uh, the Warriors, sorry, going to the Lakers. And then when he played against the Lakers, he caught up with LeBron. And then there was this anti-tampering talk and now there's more talk of him joining the Warriors, and his future is pretty much going to shift the power in the league whenever he decides what he wants to do, whether that is stay in New Orleans, which at this time seems really, really unlikely. But it's not crazy. I know that he is on record saying he had a big chat with Kevin Garnett a year or two ago, and Garnett told him that the best decision he made was leaving Minnesota for Boston, and the only thing he wishes was that he did it sooner. So AD is almost at exactly that same point. And I could very well see him declaring the Lakers or Boston or, God forbid, please not, the Warriors as his uh, preferred destination. And all three of those teams could probably facilitate a trade if they wanted to. But if the Pels want to keep AD, then I think they need to look internally more than externally and try and find someone who can stop them from floundering. I don't think they should have traded uh, for Boogie. Obviously, hindsight's a powerful tool in that regard, because someone like Buddy Heald would be perfect uh, in the Pelicans uniform right now. But if they can find, maybe even a, there's, Orlando's got a few wings who I put in a lot of my trades for that big trade article. Terrence Ross, 
uh, Jonathan Simmons, Evan Fournier even. They're guys who can still contribute and can not move the needle a hell of a lot, like I said. But I think the Pels maybe snag one or two pieces like that this trade period. However, if they're smart, they won't give up a hell of a lot, especially first-round pick-wise. Short and sweet today. That's going to do it. Like I said, I'm going to get back into weekly podcasts before the 15th of January trade deadline or the deadline where these players can get traded who are recently signed. Uh, Before that's lifted, I'm going to record my entire trade extravaganza piece in the form of a video on YouTube. Uh, Before I go, I want to quickly say that my Instagram account uh, is no more. Don't know why. I went through a lot of shit with some uh, copywriting issues over a UFC video that I posted in 2016, which, I'll be honest, I wasn't even aware that was still sitting there. But after emailing backwards and forwards for a good three weeks, I decided to bite the bullet and just start a new one. So you can still find me on Instagram, but uh, Sports by Fry with an underscore at the end is the new account. I'm still trying to get the Sports by Fry username back. If you type that into the search bar, you'll get a whole lot of nothing at this stage. However, you can find me on Twitter, as per usual, Sports by Fry. Make sure you hit up the website for more pieces. I did a piece on the AFL today. After I've recorded this and sent this out to the world, I'm going to do one on some NBA fantasy free agent targets. There's a lot of diamonds in the rough, and with John Wall gone down, uh, Thomas Sadaransky is one who I added to my team quite happily. But I'll discuss that a bit further. Make sure you check out my Dream Team Talk piece this weekend as well. Otherwise, thank you for tuning in. If you dig what you're listening to, make sure you leave a rating and review on iTunes. Bump me up those charts. Until next time, peace.